Big Shiny Takes is a proud member of the Harbinger Media Podcast Network, featuring great shows like Kino Lefter, The Alberta Advantage, and Take Back the Fight. If you like the work that we do, support us. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Big Shiny Takes. I am one of your co-hosts, Eric Wickham, former professional broadcaster. Just want to let everybody know, uh, mind people that I <laughs> I did get training for this. Uh, I'm joined as always by my two wonderful friends, uh, Jeremy Appel. Hey. And my other wonderful friends, Marino Greco. Bob. I love the flow that we have as a group. Um, and we have a very special guest today, a friend of the show, host of the podcast, Take Back the Fight, the author of a new book, called Spin Doctors, one half of the Sandy and Nora podcast. Nora Loretto, welcome back to the show. Hey. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was a that was a bad intro. I feel bad about that. But that was a great intro. No, no, I loved it. That yeah. was perfect. <laughs> that was that's all you need to say. It's like here 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 she is. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well honestly we're so happy that you were able to join us today because there have been so many shitty takes about covid not just in the past month i'd say like you know since covid started but lately has been pretty bad especially with uh omicron coming around yes um the takes have been bad um the bad takes are what's dominating the mainstream press it seems like there's some sort of i don't know secret message going out to journalists (laughs) to say scare the fuck out of everybody and they're like oh okay yes and i too am scared so we will be alarmist about this. And it's, um, it's, it's really shitty because it means that the focus is not where the focus needs to be, which is, oh, we have another wave of COVID and therefore we know exactly who's going to be hurt by it the most. And we're doing fuck all to stop it or help them. <laughs> yes. Cause I mean, even now with, with Doug Ford, not really wanting to do anything until after Christmas, because you know, COVID waits for the holidays. Most people seem largely concerned about what's going to happen to their bars and their leaf games and not, you know, vulnerable populations or the global south with vaccines. And it just seems like we're continuing to get this thing wrong. Yeah, we absolutely are. And, you know, it's 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 funny. Like, it's one thing to watch all of this stuff uh, as a casual observer, as like, you know, you three are anybody who's listening to the podcast and being like, oh, my God, it feels like we're seeing this again and again. Um, It's a whole other thing to have written a book about it and be like, holy fuck, like (laughs) I, I finished writing the book in beginning of August and I was like, this is what needs to change. Mm -hmm. And it never did. And so it's just like, I, I've, I've been, it's been very shitty to watch what's going on. And, um, and the only thing that's good is that I don't have the anxiety about this wave. I don't feel the same kind of fear that they're trying to make people feel. Um, but it's only because I've been staring at the numbers so much and I can see that the numbers are not, I mean, th- we're not going to see the mass death that we saw in the first wave. That's just like not going to happen unless they infect people intentionally. <laughs> like it would just be really difficult to have that, that level of mass death. Um, but it isn't to say that, that we don't need measures. Of course we need measures in, in, in place to try and stem the, the, the spread. So yeah, it's a little bit of groundhog day for me. I'm getting kind of tired of it. And, um, all I can say is that I still haven't had or seen a rapid test. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But you you sound pretty optimistic about, you know, coming out of this pandemic. Like I think at first maybe the punditry wasn't taking it seriously enough. 
and they were just upset about you know not being able to go to their cottages or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. But but now it seems you're saying that uh, they're sensationalizing it, and I was wondering if you could tell us a bit more about that. Like, why shouldn't we be um, scared? Mm-hmm. Well, like, there's some actually very good news about Omicron, which is that it seems that it is not as severe. And that's good news because we don't want a severe illness. Like, if you look at SARS, which was less um, transmissible, but far more serious, far more people died who got SARS. Mm -hmm. It's like, sorry, we want that because it'll just hit fewer people and then it'll run its course and then disappear or it'll hit fewer people. So it'll be slower. So our hospitals can keep up like the whole, the whole calculation right now is based on the fact that our hospital capacity is hundred percent at the best of times. And then rather than talking about, okay, how do we rapidly scale up our hospital capacity in this country? All we're hearing is, oh my God, like you're going to die from Omicron. You're just going to die. And you're going to die because Doug Ford. And so what you have is it's like, you have the whole message is being driven by scientists and the scientists are looking at modeling and they're modeling our computer programs, simulations saying, well, there's this number of people and it's spreading this quickly. And therefore, you know, in three years, we'll all be dead. And the journalists are like, "Mm, yes, very, uh, that's very nice and uh, interesting. And not actually asking questions like, you know, well, what happens if we stop the spread by 50%? What happens if what happens if we lock down people who aren't vaccinated? Like, for example, I'm not actually sure that that's a, an approach, but that's a possibility. Uh, what happens if we close uh, workplaces where there are high incidents of workplace injury so that hospital rooms are not clogged up with people getting injured on the job? Right. There, there's like so many ways to look at this. And so I'm optimistic because um, there is good news around this variant. It's not more deadly. It's not going to probably kill you at the the odds that, you know, OG COVID was going to kill you. Um, And, uh, and so for me, I'm, I'm, that's, that's great. Like I'm looking at the deaths every night and the deaths are not spiking and they won't, um, we won't see the effect of this for a couple of weeks, but still there's not like mass death in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, and the risk is that, you know, th- there's two ways that you can try and get people to comply with public health measures. One is you get them to understand what's happening and why this poses a risk to us. And the other is that you scare people and you don't give them any information. And you're just like, no, no, we're just going to make sure that you're always anxious. And the, the pundit class journalists, politicians, public health officials, they are running towards the second option. They're making sure that we're feeling really, really desperate and scared. And that has a huge toll on people's anxiety and social solidarity and feelings of like, I don't know, not sadness. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is like, it's interesting to see how people are reacting to news of this fifth wave, because I do feel like there's a lot of people who have checked out almost entirely on this. And and I mean, I don't think that's the proper way of handling it, but I I do agree that trying to scare someone who's completely burnt out is not actually going to achieve anything. Well, and and so let's say you've got someone who's apathetic and burnt out. Like, why wouldn't the provincial governments then say, okay, um, every other day workers have to stay home? Like, we're just going to thin out the working population mm-hmm. so that people aren't going to get COVID at, at the workplace. Then that person's like, oh, sweet, I have a paid vacation every other day, right? Like there's ways actually to make people not burnt out and not pissed off about this that are just so far off of the radar of our government that it becomes their fault. And so all the people who are like, I'm fucking over this, you know, doctors can be like, you're over this. I'm fucking over this. I've been fucking in this. (laughs) And you can say that all you want, but it doesn't fucking change anything because there's no material difference 
There's no material aid being given to people to actually take the right precautions. It's literally just be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. And not everybody is going to be afraid. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so scary. Like I'm, I honestly, am still totally shook by this. It's really bad timing on account of uh, baby Jesus being on his way. Cause you know, yes, I believe the immaculate conception was last week. So he's probably the size of a plum. (laughs) He's just shooting through space, heading towards that manger. If that's I, right. If I remember correctly, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> oh, and so, I mean, lots of people are going to gather. This thing has an R value that's much higher. And like the numbers are going to go up and up and up and up. And uh, I'm just going to hope that I don't catch it and none of my loved ones catch it. Because like, even if it's milder, it's scary as hell. So if someone who's listening to this thing is a big coward like me, um, what would you say to them? It's going to be okay, Eric. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, well, you know, I think that there's ways that we can, we can keep ourselves safe, right? You do have to limit how many people you're going to see. So, you know, in my family, we usually have a big family dinner. That's not happening this year. So that's one very obvious and easy way because that would have put 25 people in a room together. Um, rapid testing is really important. And so people should be relying on rapid testing. And it looks like parts of the country that do not yet have rapid tests will have them soon. I mean, as I say, I haven't seen one yet, but <laughs> the word is that they're going to fucking appear like on Christmas morning or under the tree. Um, and, and so, you know, use those rapid tests and make sure that you're testing yourself. If you're going to gather with other people, you know, you can always stay outdoors. That's of course, still an option. Um, and, uh, but if you're limiting yourself to, to 10 people and you have a very good handle on where you've been in the last couple of days, you know, then the risk is, 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 is small. It's, it is, it is more minor than if you are going from place to place or whatever. Now, if you are at work and you can't control that, this brings us back to the real issue, which is that people are not being helped to stay safe. But if you're on holidays and you're off work and you're able to control this stuff and you have access to rapid tests, it's a way to keep yourself safe. You know, I'm traveling to Ontario uh, with my family, and I honestly am not at all afraid. <laughs> um, but I had to write a book to get there, so I get that that that's not um, the case for for everybody. Um, and so we will be using rapid tests. We will be limiting the people that we see. Uh, I'm sure there will probably be a window or two cracked when people do come over to visit if we're staying outside, inside instead of out. And, um, and then to not totally freak out because, um, yeah, obviously no one wants to get this, but I don't know how you act during the flu season. Normally, um, I'm pretty cautious because it hits my family very hard. Um, but I don't see it being scarier than the flu season, which is scary, but also livable, right? No one wants to get the flu for real because it sucks. No one wants to get Norwalk that fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't keep you home from parties normally. So don't go to parties this time, but don't feel like you can't see your parents or your siblings or your two friends. Just don't see (laughs) 10 of your friends all at the same time. (laughs) All right. Well, I feel like this might be a a half decent segue to talk about everyone's favorite national post talking head slash TVO talking head slash Serious XM radio talking head, everyone's favorite affable guy who's just calling it as it's, he sees it all the time. Of course, I'm referring to Matt Gurney. <laughs> you forgot, you forgot, um, co founder of The Lion. Oh, how could I forget? <laughs> God, 
And often he's forget. like the nexus of a lot of shit, eh? Like, he re- yeah. you just trace a whole bunch of paths towards sh- like that stench, and it's like he's just fucking sitting there. And you're like, oh, hey, Matt. Well, because he's been at the National Post a while, right? And he was their opinion. I mean, he worked his way up to opinion editor. So my point is that he's licked a lot of boots. Oh, boots. I mean, that's a fucking polite thing that he's like. It's like that guy has fucking got anus all over his fucking nose. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucking ride or something. He is the owner of some absolutely dog shit tanks on COVID, especially. <laughs> um, so, literally on everything. Early, like, yeah, he's but on, like, uh, on everything. But, like, has he ever sorry. been right? In, like in his so, life do you know what's funny is the first time i ever um had to deal with with gurney uh was um i so in the aftermath of the g20 mtv was trying to put on this panel of youth to talk about the g20 and uh they were having a really hard time finding youth to defend the cops okay so you had a room full of like student activists who were obviously not interested in what the fuck happened with the cops um, and, and it was brutal. I mean, 1,100 people got arrested and, and you know, people were woken up by gunpoint at a student union at, at, at the University of Toronto. Um, and so they searched everywhere and they found two fucking representatives of the youth. One was uh, Robin Urbach and the other was Matt Gurney. Wow. What a, what a yeah. pair of winners. And, <laughs> right. And Gurney at the time, we walk into the room, we're like, I'm sorry, this is a youth panel. Like, who's fucking grandpa? Right? <laughs> 47, just like hairline just devastated oh, like uh. we're the same age i had no idea i was like oh shit man that's so depressing but you know he's a rich kid like a real rich kid and uh ha- you know you can tell by his writing that he's not got any training in this and hasn't learned either on the job that explains why he uses respectability as a shield so much yeah 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 i, and- I think that's a really good point and, and and that's why I hate him so much <laughs> is, is that he exactly he uses this 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 sense of affability to like lure people in. And then it's like, yeah, I mean, people are going to die, but, you know, I mean, can't do anything about it. So let them die. Um, like we, <laughs> yeah. we actually while back on, I think it was on bonus episode. We talked about a piece um, where he argued that um, while you may think Hiroshima and Nagasaki were bad, have you ever considered that uh, my grandfather got to go home earlier because of it? We heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was that was an unbelievable yeah. one. He also makes these awesome leaps in logic sometimes. Like there was that great column that he wrote at the start of uh, the first wave where he's like, you know, long-term care facilities are being overrun. This is why we should fund the military more. Uh, <laughs> that's right. He, yeah, he went to Royal Military College, which I... Of course. If, like if you went there, you should not be allowed to talk about foreign affairs. <laughs> <laughs> like like how is that not a conflict of interest but you i love those twitter threads he writes where he says absolutely nothing and it just gets all these likes and retweets from these like blue check weirdos who are just like wow that's so insightful matt i haven't thought about it that way it's like thought about what <laughs> You know what? I, I actually, he, so he's blocked me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> nice. We've never interacted. So I can't even say that it was because I called him like a fucking fascist or something. Like he just blocked me. But before he blocked me, um, this was just awesome. It was something like May 2020. 
And he posted, um, hey, uh, I, I, someone was talking about someone that's like collecting data in residential care. Uh, anyone know who it is? And then like 10 people were like, yeah, it's Merle Loretto. And um, he fucking then deletes the tweet. <laughs> and, then, and then writes, uh, hey, everyone, I've deleted my former tweet. Um, don't need it anymore. <laughs> and it's just like, that's you're so fucking funny. spectacular goof. <laughs> And fuck, and so fucking unintelligent. It's just like, uh, it's something to behold. I behold it when I read your column, which is never the fuck because it sucks. But except tonight, of course, this is a great column that we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a, there, I think there's a lot to, uh, to uh, pick apart in it. Like, like I was rereading it uh, before we were because I read it and I was like, yeah, it's bad. Like, it's dumb. But then I reread it today and i'm like wow this is like it's very bad yeah this is like the perfect column for us like it's it's galactically bad yeah <laughs> like out of this world yeah it's fucking floating around like fucking little voyager 2 but far less useful and being shit <laughs> it has a power aura at least two arcs into the anime and it's oh also he, yeah and yeah exactly that so so <laughs> what, what does he do these days like i he's not national post right he quit his editing job because it was too onerous to like skim <laughs> rex murphy columns and be like okay yeah this isn't racist uh, yeah and then be like when everyone's like oh hey uh matt gurney this is racist oh i I didn't have time to edit that one that ended up on the fucking front page of the newspaper. <laughs> like, yeah. Ooh, that's a, that's a lot of people that just watched you sucking at your job, but you know, Oh man, that no town hall people. that leaked to vice. Yeah. That rule. Yeah. In, in, in just what like really exemplifies like Matt Gurney is the fact that he just threw himself in front of the bus was like, no, this isn't, Re this is my fault. Rex is great. Yeah pleasure to work with him and it's like yeah it's a pleasure to work with him because you don't do anything like yeah, yeah. like yeah not allowed to touch his column this guy's great always comes through with something like kind of that's coherent a little bit love it oh man i think when he left the national post uh to pursue his his true passions i think jeremy congratulated him and suggested he tried editing once <laughs> that was a really really good tweet. ouch but you know what this is what like really I, I i can't stand the most is i don't understand how the fuck he got to he got to tvo because tvo doesn't owe a rich kid like him anything and he's shit and the takes are not very insightful but he does produce a lot so maybe it's all that's all it is but i i that that really angers me because there's so many good people who could do political column writing for tvo and of all fucking people they have him oh, yeah, right. it's like him fucking steep like what the fuck is going on no I, I i think it's because he's like he's friends with steve pakin and john k and like all these like serious thinkers who are like, yeah, but cool for TVO, yeah. But t like t what the fuck tvo of all places like <laughs> well it, it, i mean he's not the pokeroo so what's he even hanging around there for yeah that's kind of suspicious it's super weird what's and it's he like, doing I hanging around people at TVO. i should be asking actually I feel like I want to blame Steve Pagan for this. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that is me being very biased. And uh, a friend of the show, Paris Marks, sent a, sent a clip of him interviewing Doug Copeland the other day. And it was, <laughs> it was just a, about it was a Elon horror. Musk. It wasn't about Elon Musk, but it was about the internet. And it was like two dads talking about like memes. 
and I no. I I cannot get it out of my brain. Just like, retire. They talk about dad dancing. <laughs> like, it's insipid. Retire, Steve. Like Namco and Nuka <laughs> is like your backup host, and she's like yeah. so much better she's than you. So much better. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like that. That's a combination. That's like a one way ticket for your anus into your stomach, right? And you're like, oh, that's not good. That makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I would like yeah. to think that the good outweighs the bad at TVO. So I hope, I hope it progresses upon a more favorable timeline than the rest of us. Yes. Ha- have you ever been on uh, the agenda, Nora? Never. No. Um, we were. I always got the sense that we were blocked from being on the agenda when I was back at the Canadian Federation of Students because they always had the shittiest professors and the shittiest student representatives, and we were always on their ass, being like, "There are factual inaccuracies here. You're missing this story. You're missing that story," and they they refused to put us on the air. Um, and so, and that was a decade ago. And so ever since, I mean, no, I've, I've had nothing close to the agenda. Um, and in, in like this whole attempt to get my book covered, we got a, oh, maybe in March, <laughs> which oh. is like kind of a random response to a book launch. <laughs> yeah. How's, how's not now? Is that good? Yeah, for exactly. Launch? Well, and it's so good. cute because like, as I say, I know people. So I think the only reason why, why we got a, a maybe in March is because I know some folks there, like, whereas the Toronto star was smart enough to be like, ignore, 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 ignore. Right. <laughs> Like, yeah. Oh, actually, Toronto Star, Global Mail, fucking Kitty Press, they're all ignore, ignore, global, not, nah, no, no, no. So I don't know. Maybe I'll be on a march. We'll fucking see. <laughs> just in time. But this does, <laughs> this does remind me like Gurney's columns in on, on, for TVO's website. It reminds me of when his sort of uh, ideological counterpart, uh, Robin Urbach, uh, got handed the keys to CBC opinion. They started this opinion vertical. And it just ended up being like publicly subsidized post media takes. So bad. And my, one of my favorite things that I ever wrote was like, fuck you, CBC opinions, I think was the headline. I didn't write the headline, but it was pretty good. And then for the year anniversary of the, the first year anniversary of CBC opinions, I went through every one of their fucking published stories and I went through who wrote them and what their political ideology is and how shit their take was. It's a good little piece that people should check out um, if you're curious, because it's shockingly bad. Where was like, it? It's really fucking bad. Um, I think that was for my medium blog, but it may have been rabble, but it was the kind of thing. I think I just wrote it on my blog and it kind of blew up too. Cause I remember I was moderating, um, I was moderating an event on Islamophobia and it was just this amazing event and the room was electric and, and everyone was like feeling something really special. And I looked down at my phone and I'm getting all this, like, what the fuck kind of take is this? Fuck you, Nora Loretto's Robin Urbach's a fucking queen or something. And I was like, what the hell? That's a sentence like- I've never heard before. <laughs> No, it was very weird. And so I'm just trying to moderate this. And it's also like English versus French. So I'm like being in French. I'm like, okay, ignore my phone. This is fucking not worth looking at right now. So, but I got up a bunch of people's nose, which was all I wanted to do. <laughs> I love the internet because you can find someone who's like a fan of anybody. On oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I got my, my feed right now is full of guys who, who are fans of mass death. So it's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not the band mass death. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, the, the, the literal mass, yeah. the mass death of COVID. Yes. And they're like, well, what do you expect? They were all old. I'm like, I, I expect them to not be killed by the state. I don't know. Maybe that's too much to ask. Oh, that's actually a really good segue into the piece because that's kind of. It so is. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of what Matt is trying to push as, uh, you know, the, the main idea of this, this awful, awful column. Well, he does that thing. Where he says mass mass death is fine, whatever it doesn't affect me. But right before that, he insists that he's not. He's doing the opposite of that. That he actually <laughs> thinks mass death 
mass death is tragic. <laughs> he's gaslighting he, in this piece. Yeah, because he's just like, I'm, you know, I'm a reasonable guy. I'm like, I'm moderate. Okay. Yeah. So maybe, like, maybe some mass death is okay. Right. Too much mass death upsets the balance, right? We can have a little mass <laughs> death as a treat. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does feel like he's monetized. Like you can imagine monetizing bodies for fertilizer, and it's like they have a new enterprise. This is not all bad. <laughs> <laughs> I I do love like he says his line that I think got the most play on Twitter over over the weekend or was it two weeks ago? The the thing about you know like ah oh, these people who died are gonna I don't want to ruin it, but he then tries to walk it back the rest of the column where he's like no, but I I do want to say COVID is bad. Um, which mm-hmm. is like truly insightful stuff. Very, very insightful. We haven't heard that one yet. And it's like, it, it's as if he's he's trying to shadow box people saying, wait, you're justifying the deaths? He's like, I am not justifying the deaths. He's like, you literally, you, you yeah. just justified the, in, in your own words. Okay, I, you're misreading what I fucking said where I said yeah, yeah. I justified deaths because that's that's not what I was doing. I was justifying the deaths to make another argument. It's just like, guy. Yeah, like whoever your editor is hates you and i love that yeah because like there there are full sentences just gaslighting the reader right like he's just saying are they full sentences there are lines of words that are gaslighting the reader fair enough fair enough um do you guys want to talk about covid a little bit more you want to jump into the piece i think no i think we should jump into the piece okay yeah i'm I'm just gonna cut me saying that so uh nora (laughs) no you have to keep it Okay. No, that has to be in there. No. Perfect. Okay, I will not edit that out. Um, Nora, we usually let the guests read. I think we let you read last time. Do you want to take this one on? Yeah, sure. I'm gonna see if I can do this. I think I can do this. Okay. Are you doing a Matt Gurney voice? <laughs> it's, it's, no. What does he even sound like? I mean, I don't even have the St. Francis hair going on that he has. <laughs> it's, it's. <laughs> that's a that's a very specific reference, and I went to St. Francis of Assisi Elementary School, so it's a reference that I use all the time. It truly it, is it, a tragic it, hairline. It's when you have it's when you have your hairline, but it's bald behind it, and uh, you look like a, a tragic monk. Yeah. It is a fence. It is. <laughs> it is. That's right. Okay, so I I want to start off by saying this. Sorry, this is not his article because at least that would be a better intro, intro to an article. I want to start this article <laughs> off by saying um, that like literally from from the get go, it's bad. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. And so here we go. A week ago, in this space, like what? What? In what space? What are you fucking talking about? Like in, on this website? Like uh, on the web zone? I am currently writing. In the in the numerical set of binary code that hosts my column, which is not actually this space because it's a different space because it's a different page. But anyway, a week ago in this space, I wrote about the emotional toll of COVID. Okay, fine, but no, the sentence continues. The stress, the frayed nerves, the exhaustion, the heroic struggle not to lose our tempers <laughs> with customer, with poor customer service reps of banks. What? Yeah, that is that is amazing. That because it's amazing. First of all, bro, I haven't stepped in a bank in two years. Yeah, but it's also like I have this petty personal grievance, and I'm just gonna lead off my column with it because I'm a dumbass who has nothing to say. <laughs> Yeah. And and generalize that everyone else is such a prick to the fucking poor teller that this is a common experience. Like I have lost my temper with who? 
Um, I mean, I was on hold maybe for uh, two hours with Air Canada. I didn't lose my temper. I was like, this is bullshit, everybody, right? This, oh, we know it sucks. It sucks. Okay, fine. But like, what kind of fucking boy fucking turtle brain do you have to be <laughs> to like uh, lose your cool and then and then tell on yourself? Like, we didn't have to know that guy. Like, we didn't have to know that you're a dick to customer service, a- but you just- <laughs> led your article off with that and, and you, you how a person treats customer service tells you everything about their everything. character and yeah the fact that he would like broadcast this as if it's something like <laughs> other people would relate to is just i mean it's so um emblematic of like the self-absorption of these people yeah yeah well i mean the first paragraph like the lead is Hey, I just want to let everybody know I'm a real piece of shit. And then like, then he jumps into the thing that he wants to be relatable about. Like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense if you're trying to win people no. over to your way of thinking. It, it literally makes no sense, especially because he also wasted words to remind us that he wrote this last week. <laughs> right? Like, uh, um, a week ago, I, and I'm a journalist, and so I have a column, and you probably read it in this space, and so I'm just going to reference that, and also I'm really stressed out and anxious like everyone else, and also I told my bank teller to eat fucking shit, and I probably shouldn't have, but they really need to eat shit. It's like, guy, this is not your diary. Like, what the, like, what the fuck? I mean, this is, it, as you said earlier, or I don't remember who said earlier, but it's like, this is definitely the easiest column I think I've ever seen to make a load of fun of because it is so bad. Like I really can't get past this first line. I I, I know no. there's we can go on, but like I'm just thinking, what constitutes poor <laughs> customer service at a bank? Were they too slow getting his like his coins or something? Does he still get like the little green passbook? And it's like, oh, sorry, sir, we like literally don't produce that anymore. God damn it! Like I don't know. Like God. I, what do you What do you mean? What do you What do you mean that I'm I'm paying a two dollar banking fee? <laughs> this is unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was a real struggle. Um, but uh, the next line, I I I like the the next line really puts the, the icing on the cake. Yeah, 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 yeah. It gets it gets better. Okay, so then he the next sentence, which is just excellent journalistic form. The whole sentence is in parentheses, <laughs> oh. right? Because he's now pulling a Malcolm in the middle and staring at the camera and saying quietly while the rest of the action is continuing, quote, that last one was rather specific in my case, I grant, but the rest apply- applies broadly. The last one was rather specific, rather specific. I mean, guy, you could just say specific. We fucking know because you told on yourself already and now you're making sure we know. But the rest applies broadly, he says. I love, I love this so much. Like, it's amazing. Like he could have, he, like this sentence could have been so short. (laughs) It could have been a little bit. Just like there's an emotional toll of COVID-19. Literally that. (laughs) It's uh, uh, the era that we live in right now is shitty. Wouldn't you agree? Like if he's trying to be folksy, hey, doesn't it fucking suck right now? Yeah, hey folks, things are bad. Um, <laughs> like I just—it's amazing that he he feels like he needs to justify his personal story with a, a long sentence in a in brackets because he's just like, oh, people won't understand that this is me being shitty. Let me yeah. let me make it yeah. very clear. 
Yeah. I, oh, just in case everyone thinks that you're, I think you're yelling at bank tellers. No, no, I, I'm yelling at bank tellers. <laughs> guys, guys, I, I do. And- I do want to make it clear though. Yeah. He did say he. It was a heroic struggle to not lose his temper. Oh, so yeah. he's a hero. Oh, like okay, a that's right. That's right. That's totally true. No, and that's really important because he's the kind of guy to be like, um, motherfuckers, I actually did not lose my temper. <laughs> yeah. Like we're supposed to applaud him for not calling the teller like the C word. That's true. That's true. He's a, he's a COVID hero. He, he is. This guy is the same as, as personal care workers. Yeah. Easily. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. He's definitely the same. Um, no, thank, that's a really good thing that you pointed out, Marino, because I, I did jump over that in my mind and just imagined him, um, yeah, as you say, calling someone the C word, which I can say because I am a cunt. <laughs> I'm also of the opinion that he's an unreliable narrator, but that's beside the point. <laughs> there is that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? He, he follows this uh, parenth- parenthetical um, aside. Uh, with um, a sentence that is complete and that should have been the lead. Um, So here we go. The emotional toll is hard to calculate since we each experience it differently. Comma, not necessary in that sentence, but fine. Um, And also not necessary to see we experience it differently. You're trying to come up with commonality among people, guy. Just say it's been hard to tabulate and life is really hard right now. But okay. (laughs) Like he's just so talented at saying using so many words to say nothing mm-hmm. yeah mm. and that's why i'm like mesmerized by his like twitter threads because they're just so vapid <laughs> i wish i could see him i wish i could see them but i very i can't and not only can i not but i also never see people retweeting them into my feed so i mean he must make quite a, a, an impact on on individuals he's an influencer he's an influencer i i think it's it's just like they they always say you know saying a lot of words that really could be summed up in very few words is the soul of wit. <laughs> that's, that's what they say. Okay. Shall I continue? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I have to actually, maybe I'll put this on the table in case people don't know. So, so what he's about to talk about is excess deaths. And I, I'm a co-author of a Royal Society of Canada study into excess deaths and COVID. Okay. And so this was an academic paper that was led by Tara Moriarty, who's a professor of dentistry at the University of Toronto. It was peer reviewed by members of the National Vaccine Advisory Committee of Canada and other uh, epidemiologists. And we estimated that excess deaths in Canada as of June 2021, based on six different measures, were probably double what the official line was. So at that time, 25,000 more people died than the official line, which was 28,000 at the time. And the way that we calculated that was through I mean, a whole bunch of measures. I mean, seroprevalence data, so how many people had COVID in their blood, uh, the the increase in cremations that happened in Ontario, there was a real spike in cremations. Um, And then other kind of comparator data, like why did Canada have so many deaths in long-term care? Or was it just that we counted deaths in long-term care and we did not count deaths everywhere else? The problem that complicated this data was that excess death um, information in Canada is very opaque. Mm -hmm. And so aside from Quebec, it was very hard to get that data from the rest of the rest of Canada. And so when we did this analysis uh, last June, um, most provinces had still not completed their excess data, excess death data from 2020. And still to this day, Saskatchewan has not completed their excess death data from 2020. Okay. So this is my professional background on this stuff. I mean, I'm not a fucking scientist at all, but I'm a a journalist and my research was, you know, involved in this, in this report. And so I was reading this as someone that knows what the fuck excess deaths are, which also made it very confusing to me. (laughs) 
<laughs> Are you <laughs> saying that Matt Gurney did not get it right in the column? Um, I am saying that he's a fucking dumbass. So let's go uh, line by line, and I will insert the, the 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 scientific side of this stuff on top of what he's saying. Okay? Fantastic. Okay. So and and so remember, he's starting all of this by saying he's sad. He's having a sad, and everybody around him is having a sad, and it is hard, and everybody is crying, and so then he pivots. Uh, away from the anxiety, away from the mental health struggles that people have, away from the stress to talk about something 100 fucking percent different, right? Like that's a really important thing. We are, we are in paragraph three of this, of this article and we're getting to actually what he wants to talk about, but it has nothing to do with how fucking sad and shitty to bank tellers he is. It's about a scientific calculation of how many people died during the pandemic that was over and above what is normally expected from Canadian death. Okay. With that said, here's what he writes. In a recent report prepared by Deloitte for the Canadian Medical Association, 19,000 quote-unquote excess deaths were noted in Canada for the period of March 2020 to the end of July 2021. So I want to note that that's the same period that we covered and our, our, our calculation was uh, almost 10,000 deaths higher, which is very interesting. And, and, and ours was an academic peer-reviewed paper not prepared by Deloitte. I've not looked at the Deloitte paper, but I, 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 off the bat, I'm just like, whoa, okay, compare this to these two. I mean, like, fuck, this is not the first uh, a paper on excess deaths, but Gurney doesn't like me and there's no fucking way he's going to quote that work, right? So you will not hear about the Royal Society of Canada report into excess deaths that was done on June 29th. Well, also, why is Deloitte doing a report on excess stats? Such a good question, because Deloitte does everything, especially when you're trying to sink money into a project and you need it to go away. So you throw the money at Deloitte. They write something that makes you look not bad <laughs> or not as bad. I don't know. Less bad. Yeah. It's I, I, you know what if like if we we're gonna do um, a proper journalistic takedown of this column yeah. instead of just shit posting it, which I totally prefer. Yes. Um, I I would be very happy to go through and say like where Deloitte's getting all of this stuff because they're gonna have to use. I mean, we're a couple months out from our analysis because our analysis, yeah. as I said, was April until until June, but um, but I mean they're using official data and we were not using official data because the official data is crap, and so we were trying to get at it with official data and other um, and other measures. So anyway, this is all very interesting to me, mm -hmm. probably not to anyone else. Okay. So excess death is a measurement of how many more people died during a given period than statisticians would expect. Statisticians? Statisticians. Statisticians. What the fuck? I mean, other, okay, sure. Of all the people that are going to talk about caring about excess death, statisticians, all right. <laughs> Uh, given the experience of prior years and known trends in a population size and age. Now, that is a sentence that sounds like it was copied and pasted from a fucking website. Somewhere. Yeah, a Wikipedia article. <laughs> yeah, because it's a bit of a weird way to say like excess death is just death over and above what is anticipated for a period of time. Like, boom, I just did that in like fucking 10 words, buddy. <laughs> I think Jeremy was asking if he was paid by the word. The other yeah. Guy. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. I it's I mean, I know the CBC pays by the word. And I, I mean TVO is not CBC, but I mean it wouldn't be unheard of. Uh yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't be unheard of. Given the experience of prior years and known trends in a population size and age. 
It's a very, very yes. weird sentence. Oh my God. It's a totally, it's a, it's a very wacky weird way to say it. Basically for, for me, as someone who, who knows something about this, it just shows me that he literally has no idea. He stumbled across this report or the report was sent to him and he's like, got my next column. And that's why the introduction is so fucking disconnected from the question of excess deaths because excess deaths is not about feeling stressed out or tired or being mad at your bank teller. Excess deaths is one measure that can help us understand the real toll of the pandemic. Right. That is what excess death's about. And, and that's why this column is so confusing, because it's very clear that he doesn't actually understand this, which is why I say that that sounds like it was copy and pasted from a fucking website somewhere, because he's just he, he does not know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'll continue because then he then then like so he's given us this definition of excess deaths. And then he says, interestingly. <laughs> right. Which which was like, no, this should have gone higher uh, than your excess death uh, definition, because now you're referring to the wrong sentence. But OK. Interestingly, this, right? Wrong sentence. Okay. This includes roughly 4,000 deaths that cannot be directly linked to the pandemic. What is not interesting about that, I would say, is that um, a lot of excess deaths are related to um, the opioid uh, crisis mm -hmm. and, and poison, uh, poison drugs death. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, I guess that's interesting. <laughs> if you're fucking asking. Yeah. yeah, no, it's all a game to him, right? It's just like... Like the data doesn't actually tell him anything. It's like he's using the word interestingly as like fun fact. Yeah, like, exactly. It's a factoid that he's throwing in. But it's also, but he doesn't even say what that means. Yeah. Like, well, how did Deloitte decide that that's not directly connected to the pandemic? Because in our in in our research, um, what we found was that like the provinces have completely different ways of identifying um, who has died from COVID, and so in Quebec. Anybody who died over and above the age of 85 and was in excess death, 96% of those deaths were classified as being COVID. And so that's COVID direct or COVID adjacent. Mm -hmm. In British Columbia, in the same population, zero deaths were attributed to COVID. So then you can ask yourself, okay, did Quebec overestimate? Is British Columbia underestimating? I mean, 0% is obviously a ridiculous estimate. So yes, British Columbia is underestimating. But then the question is like, but does it even matter? Because the the, the system was such that people dying would have been dying indirectly because of the, the, the pandemic anyway. And so are you trying to get a, a scientific list of every single person whose heart stopped because of the fucking virus? Or are you trying to generate a list of, of the casualty rate of the pandemic? And that is going to include people that were not directly killed by COVID, but were killed by the, pa the pandemic conditions. And so I'm really interested in this. And of course, he fucking like this is like I'm talking fucking Greek to a fucking rock. Right. Like, it's just <laughs> what, what are you even talking about? Right. <laughs> the way that Gurney sort of turns in the next uh, the next graph is just like, well, you know, it's kind of tricky. Um, and then this is an awesome sentence. Yeah. He just kind of gives up. Well, yeah. And so he's just said that, interestingly, 4,000 people um, Deloitte estimates were not related to the pandemic, which is like unfucking likely that they weren't related to it. <laughs> Every single thing in society was related to the pandemic. So, OK, fine. Um, and then he goes on. Excess deaths are a damned tricky thing to track and interpret. <laughs> he's telling on himself again. It's like it's not. It's not Bugs Bunny, dude. It's not a wily rabbit. It's oh my god. 
This is damned tricky. I've, I don't think I would ever put those two words together, even if I had a gun to my head. And I was like, You're going to write a sentence with damned and tricky beside each other. And I'm like, I will not. My fucking reputation is way too fucking important for that. Just shoot me. Yeah, just just shoot me. Uh, yeah, it's it is really embarrassing, too, because like he just finished saying how interesting it was. And then he's like, ah, anyways, it's pretty hard. So. Uh, so let's not get bogged down in the details, really. So and 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 he doesn't uh, at all. Um, he goes on to say the roughly fifteen thousand remaining deaths constitute only half of our known COVID deaths. That tally bracket, that tally is a few hundred shy of three thousand thirty thousand at the time of writing. So so now he's doing something very interesting, which is to to start to argue that actually the official count that we have is is potentially suspect because like the excess deaths are deaths over and above the deaths we would expect in a year. And if other COVID deaths were deaths we would expect during the year, then is it reasonable to say that the death toll is, is as high as it has been? Jeez, like it's, a, it's such a sleight of hand that I'm not even sure he fucking really understands. Like, I don't know who's paying him to make this fucking completely garbage argument, but it, it, but it, it, it suggests that, um, well, he says this seems like an error or miscalculation. It's like, what do you, okay, it not, no, it doesn't, but okay. <laughs> Um, but it actually makes sense. Uh, uh, hyphen. Uh, COVID-19 was lopsidedly lethal for the elderly and infirm. Lopsidedly lethal. lethal. You know he just wanted to get an alliteration in there. Yeah. It well, it's, it's very fucked up, right? Because it's, cause as they say, it's like, what are, like, what are you actually come out and argue what you're arguing? Because right now you're dancing around something that you don't understand. And it's coming across to someone who do, does understand this stuff as fully fucking incoherent. And I would love to know who edited this and was like, oh yes, this makes sense. Rather than what the fuck are you talking about, Gurney? I, I also like think it's like the wrong time to get like quirky with your choice of words, right? Like, <laughs> like you're talking yeah. about people dying and he's like, yeah, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of zany, you know? It's floopsy doodly delicious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the numbers went whoops. Um, it's, it's very strange. Yeah, it, well, I mean, it's it, it's a good look inside of his fucking scummy brain. So anyway, so and then, of course, you know, it lopsidedly lethal for the elderly and the infirm. So first of all, um, like what he's talking about is disabled people dying at a rate higher than not disabled people dying. That is eugenics. And that's extremely fucked up. Mm -hmm. And he's providing this fucking floopsy doodle language to be like, oh, the, the elderly and the infirm, like as if he's a fucking 1950s fucking gym teacher or something. <laughs> And, um, and, and also as if he's telling us something that we don't fucking know, like we know that there was a disproportionate impact on people who are older, um, and people who are disabled and he doesn't come out and say that he's just like using these weird fucking euphemisms, elderly and, inf and infirm. Yeah. And I believe it's like, is it inf infirm or infirm? Duh? Like, I don't know. But again, like no one talks like that anymore. Who's fucking not a hundred years old. Yeah. And I mean, he, he sort of gives the game away in this sentence for the next one. Um, just by like sort of softening the blow because I like, I don't know anybody who could read the next sentence and be okay with it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. I'll read it. Um, at the risk of sounding callous, you're sounding callous. <laughs> yeah. you're sounding callous. Don't risk Shut it, Matt. Don't, yeah, don't do it. Okay, he's, he's doing gonna it. Do it. Oh, don't fucking do it. In the most vulnerable population groups. Oh, and who's that, Matt? <laughs> right, disabled people. Got it. Thank you. 
the virus likely simply accelerated the deaths of those who would have died of something else that year anyway. Pure Pulitzer Prize winning Hitler level shit. That like Fuck. he in that sentence, he's saying that he values disabled and elderly lives less than other people's lives. Like inherently, they have less value because he, he said he he said he was risking sounding callous. So <laughs> yeah, they were I mean, dead anyway. Could you ask for him? They were dead anyway. At, at the absolute, at the absolute certainty of sounding like a complete dickwad, I'm gonna say some dickwad stuff. Whoa, that was pretty accurate. You predicted that really well. It wasn't that risky. Like that's that's exactly what it was. But also, like, what a fucking coward. Just say it. Don't be like, well, yeah. this may sound callous. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're entirely right though. Like, because after this point, he's kind of like playing the back pedal the entire time yeah yeah, yeah. then like, he does damage control yeah it's like why not just not say it if you don't give a shit about people's humanity and their lives and their like hopes and dreams and their experiences if you don't value that maybe don't write a column maybe just move yeah. to the woods stay away from society because i do not trust you no and and it's also i mean you know, this is this is something that uh, we've heard during the pandemic. Like he's not saying anything that um, has never been said. And and every time, every time a, a politician makes a reference to comorbidity, they're basically telling the population, "Don't worry, you don't have to worry about this." But this person died because they had diabetes, yeah. right? It's like I have diabetes. It doesn't matter <laughs> if you have diabetes. I'm not talking to you because you have a comorbidity, right? Um, but what, what, like what gets completely like erased in this and, you know, anybody that had someone that died, uh, will have this experience, but people that didn't have anybody die, you know, it's a bit more theoretical, but the way that people died from COVID was absolutely horrifying. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to, to make the argument that these people were going to die anyway, which is not even a fair argument, that's just him fucking guessing like, yeah, they're going to die anyway, fully alone, maybe seeing a loved one on the other side of a fucking glass window, choking on their own fucking um, secretions, mm -hmm. dying of fucking dehydration because the personal care workers are helping someone else who's literally dying at the same moment, having no one around to, to hold your hand or to say you're loved or to say it's going to be okay or to say, you know, good luck. Like, like, just like I, I fucking, I read this and I'm like, Gurney. Your fucking final moments on this planet. I hope that they suck. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm just like, I, I read, I, that, it, it, this elicits like, I hope you die alone and fucking miserable in, in me. Yeah, that's the exact point that like needs to be made about this, this column. It's that like he's completely glossing over the fact that COVID is a horrible, horrible, horrible virus. And like everyone who's died of it had such a fucking awful way out and not, yeah baffles me that nobody saw that and deleted it and then threw a book or something at gurney like <laughs> and yeah. told them to read it for yeah. a change yeah or just like uh, you know blunt object at his like giant head temples. yeah you know like it's just it's infuriating it's it's infuriating. It's very, very infuriating. And and I didn't get to see him react to any of this stuff, but I certainly had a tweet go viral about this like specific line. And um, I, the only thing I was heartened by was how many people who were outraged by it, which it's like, good, good. There's still decency out there. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, sh shall I continue? Yes, please. Okay, so now he's risked sounding callous. 
Um, and now he will continue um, referencing himself again. I say this cautiously. I say this cautiously. Do you? Cautiously? <laughs> do, I don't think you do. You just took a risk, buddy. Like, literally, you fucking took a risk. That's not being cautious. It's just a... Like, do you not know what words fucking mean? He's a cautious, callous guy, you know? <laughs> That's right. Oh, wow. And just, you know, start those words with a K and we're fucking uh, three quarters of the way there. Okay. Um... I'm going to start using this, uh, like, this framework as my thing for like just insulting like people on the street i get cut off hey at the risk of styling callous you're a fucking idiot i say this cautiously that's good i, I wonder think. yeah I, that's probably what he did at the bank <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey you fucking piece of shit i i do say this cautiously knowing that i'm being recorded for quality purposes <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he says this cautiously. I say this cautiously, well aware of the fact that similar arguments have been used before to downplay the pandemic and its dangers. Not helping. Yeah, so dude. that's literally no, that's not being cautious at all. Because if you're well aware of that, you're being fucking reckless. Absolutely <laughs> reckless. Again, not cautious. <laughs> like being aware that you're doing something stupid doesn't make the thing less stupid. It makes it more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. It makes it more. And we get to engage in it. It's great. Because even... otherwise, this would have happened as a conversation between him and Jen Gerson, and he would never be privy to it. <laughs> Does he ever go anywhere with this point? Because, like, I, I read this. I don't think that he did. Not, not to spoil anything. Like, the title of the column is just Ontarians Will Suffer and Die. Yeah, no, he doesn't. And this is what makes the column so confusing, because when because I had that tweet that went viral, a couple of his fans were like, you're taking this out of context. <laughs> and, and I was like, I, I mean, I don't think I am, but I will go back and check to see if I'm taking this out of context. If he's like, okay, warning, what I'm about to say is very bad. And I don't believe this. Oh, no, no. He literally says the opposite of that. <laughs> Anyway, but anyway, so he's like, yeah, I don't want to do this uh, bad thing, but I did it anyway. Um, and he then says, I have no patience or tolerance for that, for downplaying the pandemic. Bitch, you are fucking doing that. You are literally doing that. So, I mean, what? Is this a fight club? But, like, but, but there's two different fucking mad gurneys. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? Like, he says, I have no patience and tolerance for that. So his syphilitic fanboys can go back to that when he's called out for all the horrible things he says. And they're like, what do you mean? He said clearly that he has no sympathy for that position that he just expressed in the sentences before. And it's exactly what, like, that's what Jordan Peterson fans do, right? Yeah. 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 When he says like, women shouldn't be allowed to vote or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, no, 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 no. I didn't mean those women. I, mean, I I just said feminists shouldn't be allowed to vote. Yeah, yeah yep. those women. <laughs> you have to watch 48 hours of his YouTube videos to really understand the point he's trying to illustrate in this two-second <laughs> clip where he says the exact thing that he means. Um, I also, I do want to say that Matt, like Fight Club starring Matt Gurney would be the funniest <laughs> thing in the entire world. And his, his Tyler Durden would be Rex Murphy. That's, I was going like to say John Kay. Oh, that's that's worse. Okay, okay. Let's get back into this piece. Like he looks up to John K and thinks John K is cool. This is deeply cursed, guys. (laughs) This is a very cursed episode. That's true. Okay, so reminder: he has no patience or tolerance for downplaying the pandemic. So he literally says this. I mean, I wish I could make this up because this just is is an amazing follow-up line. But the math is the math. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, so 
Some of COVID-19's victims were not long for this world. And saying so doesn't excuse the fact that many jurisdictions failed to keep them safe and, in some tragic cases, allowed them to die alone and in horrible conditions. Well, you know, the math is the math. I guess let's not dive into it. I'm so heartbroken by how many people died. I just, you got to think about how many bottles of Soylent Green you can produce. Yeah, like, like he's also like, again, he's using like a turn of phrase that could be easily interchanged with any stupid nonsense that you hear at like a hockey game. Like, totally. It's like, but them's the breaks. They were not long for this world. It's, It's like, you look at the fucking, like the balance sheet of death. Okay, that's a lot of death. Ooh. But you know it's it's the math. So what the fuck? You're gonna like arrest math, right? It's like, um, so that's one thing. And I love I love that that he's they're not long for the world. I mean, this is a guy that probably uses like long in the tooth as a fucking turn of phrase all the time. So, yeah. Yes, that guy's long in the tooth. <laughs> turn of phrase I always have in my mind as being hilarious. Yeah, he's seen a lot of winters. He's seen a lot of winters. These motherfuckers saw enough winters to die, yeah. not needing to see winter 2022 yeah and you know like you know fuck their families too. everybody you know who didn't get to say bye it's probably fine you can do this with anything too like you can you can just do it with you know maybe heart disease say there's a person who likes to post pictures of big delicious grilled steaks you know (laughs) well if they die of a heart attack maybe that's just the math yeah math is the math what the fuck do you expect Yeah, and, and and it is really important to mention, like the the way that he's he's sprinkling in these defenses is exactly to try and isolate him or insulate him from like what he's previously stated. And all through this, I'm still sitting here, as I'm sure you all are too, wondering what the fuck point are you making? Because again, nothing nothing so far goes back to excess deaths, mm-hmm. excess deaths, like. COVID deaths and excess deaths are not interchangeable. They're not the same thing. And there are obviously a chunk of excess deaths that are COVID deaths. And, and there's a lot of research around the world that shows that things like kidney disease or heart or heart disease or whatever did not increase during the pandemic, which is really interesting. And this is also all in the paper that, um, that I, that I was part of. Um, and so then the question becomes what, well, what do we do about these excess deaths and how do we understand what they mean? Um, and we don't know much about it because the data regime in Canada is so fucking bad. He's not gone back to excess deaths yet. The whole point of the, he's still talking about the math of just, oh, well, these people are going to fucking die anyway. Right. What? Why are you, your whole point is talking about excess deaths, the deaths that are on top of the expected deaths. Why are you saying they were going to die anyway? They were fucking not by definition of excess deaths that you just plagiarized probably, I don't know, don't sue me from a fucking Wikipedia page. I mean, are you, like, do you just not think people are like, wait a minute, I'm trying to make the link. This isn't working. Fucking square peg into a fucking, into a nothing. Like, <laughs> pounding it into a fucking wall, being like, oh, the square peg's not going anywhere. No kidding, it's fucking shit. Yeah, it, it's got, like, this this weird, you know, disjointed, and, like, I I, I feel tempted to summarize what, what's going each paragraph so far, but I, I feel like that's maybe what i should do at the end of it um because <laughs> yeah. it is just it's shit i mean this i mean we keep saying it but it's it's truly <laughs> it's true true shit it should be in a museum of shitty takes yeah well like when we were going through j school like there were a couple cautionary tale columnists that we'd hear about people like margaret oh. wente 
right? I uh, see. I went to J school before that, so we never heard of any cautionary tales. <laughs> They're just like, go forth into the world and <laughs> good luck. <laughs> well, we had Wednesday, and we also had don't get into journalism. Uh, oh it's yeah, a tire fire. That. We had that. Yeah, for a while. we had that. Um, that was nice. But this this should be like an example of like how not to write a column because it, totally there's like no there's no connection to anything at all other than the fact that Matt Gurney has been alive during COVID and <laughs> has seen people tweet about it and got an email uh, with a report from Deloitte. <laughs> and you know the best thing about this, so you know you scroll down to the next part because you had to pass an ad. Yeah, um, yeah. And and he has this amazing sentence again. He just keeps doing this. It just keeps doing this. So the next sentence, the above was an aside, but I think an important one. <laughs> Three. What? The, the, above, the whole the whole fucking first part of the article is a fucking aside. Yeah, You've what? been making us read an aside. What does that mean? <laughs> what about the asides in the aside? What do you call those? Because you had a couple of meta asides in the middle of that aside. It, this was written on a phone on the toilet. <laughs> like, <there's laughs> no other way. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not unconvinced 100%. that he thinks this isn't like Greek fucking poetry. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he thinks it's good. He I'm definitely sure he thinks he, it's good. No, he, he just has that like arrogance to him. Like he thinks he's good at writing because, I mean, no, no. All the people he surrounds himself with think he's good at writing, right? No one's told, like, except for, like, us. No one tells him he's an idiot. I mean, he's fucking blocked me for just being like, dude, you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> fucking what? Do you know how many times people call me an idiot in a day? Like, I mean, not many, but they're all numbered accounts. So who cares? <laughs> okay, so, okay, so fine. So the whole thing up that we just read is an aside. So, Matt, what is the fucking thesis? Let's see if he gets to it. The report's findings may well be exploited by those seeking to downplay or deny the toll of COVID-19 on this country. And it's important to be clear that while what? some of the victims of COVID-19 were near the end of their natural lives, it's like, hey, are you a fucking like Catholic convert? Because that sounds like fucking Catholic conversion <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, um, many. OK, but this is still the same sentence. So, I mean, OK, uh, sorry. The report's findings may well be explained by those seeking to downplay the down the or deny the toll of COVID nineteen on this country, and it's important to be clear that while some of the victims of COVID nineteen were near the end of their natural lives, many thousands weren't. There are thousands of us who are no longer here precisely because of this pandemic. What like why did you write? That sounds like another. Life? That sounds like another aside to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and his use of of us in that in that last sentence is just fucking poetic. There are thousands of us who are no longer here. <laughs> Guy. <laughs> yeah, I I, I no. wish, Matt. I wish. Yeah, no, I, us means you and other people. You are alive. You are not dead. There are thousands of them, not you. You are not dead. Well, like, I just picture oh, yeah. him in other post media <laughs> columnists, like. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that would be sweet. But I just, it's like, th there are thousands of us who are no longer here precisely because of this pandemic. Like, is he telling us that his brain <laughs> out of his ears? He's like, I am not even here anymore. Uh, he just thinks he's writing in Flanders Fields. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's he's so been replaced by a body snatcher. But like, it's, been, yeah. it's for like conservative radio hosts, right? Because all of them got COVID and died, except for Matt. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, that's true. He's probably talking about us. Um, and maybe he did die. Maybe <laughs> he pulled a Queen Elizabeth and um, his fucking kids are writing for him. Or, or Jordan I, Peterson. Oh, yeah. Or Jordan Peterson. Um, yeah, so so he already is now saying it's important to be clear that some of the victims were near the end of their natural lives. Many thousands weren't. Um, except the whole point of the article to this to this point is to say that many thousands were right. So many thousands were close to the end of their lives, and therefore the death toll is what exactly expected or not a big deal. But don't downplay it because he has no tolerance for it. It's just like, okay, we're fucking salad. The paragraph ends with quote, "They'd still be here." If it hadn't happened. Wow. Like I do deduce. The, the opposite of death. Is the, yes. is, is, is part of his strategy to write just like enough things so that when he gets called out, he can point to be like, no, see, see this is where I said. That's what they all do. Cause their arguments can't be defended on their own merits. No. Yeah. No, it, it's actually funny. So when I was um, in high school, I started to realize that my teacher in grade 11 English was not actually reading my daily homework. Um, and, and so I would start to just write lyrics to songs and then in, in like just pepper them with the names of the characters in the book. And I would get a whole page of writing that way with just like complete fucking gibberish, but the names were there. And I was telling this to Sandy Hudson and she was like, holy fuck, I did the same thing. <laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah. So I see what's happening here. He doesn't think that we're going to read this. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what it feels like. Because like, I mean, a child would understand that they contradicted themselves in like two <laughs> consecutive paragraphs, right? Like, it's not that hard to see. He just doesn't think that anybody's going to call him out for it because no one ever has. I mean, when you have one of these cushy, like, <laughs> corporate media punditry jobs and you just churn this stuff out, I'm sure some columns are going to be more coherent than others. Yeah. But this is, yeah, this is pretty bad. <laughs> well, and it just goes back to the fact that, again, he doesn't know what excess deaths are, right? He's just <laughs> dancing in and outside of what the fuck excess deaths are because. Because what we do know with COVID is, of course, they were not all de excess deaths, that there's a lot of deaths that, you know, not would have happened anyway, but they've substituted other deaths because we know that other deaths had been on the decline because uh, people were being safer and people were stuck inside. And so the death rate actually did drop. And so there's a cushion of people that didn't die who would have died and that did die that shouldn't have died. Right. That like that is the calculation that is fully absent from his fucking brain obviously here because he's just like math is math guys it's like you're not actually doing math here you're doing i don't know what you're doing i don't know what you're doing you're, you're doing a giant dump while you're writing a fucking article on your phone yeah he's arguing with himself while on yeah. the toilet it is it's, it's not fight club it's fight chud it is sorry <laughs> That's good. That's good. So next paragraph, uh, and that includes, and that includes, and then he kind of keeps doing this, right? And this, and that, and this, and that. And it's like you're not referring to anything. Like I don't know what that means, right? They'd still be here if that if it hadn't happened is the last sentence, and that includes, okay, they, you, us, right? People who died from COVID, excess deaths, not excess deaths, okay, and that includes people who did not die of the virus. Oh, so you were literally just talking about people who did die from the virus. <laughs> <laughs> thousands of people who are no longer here precisely because of the pandemic. You even use the word precisely to make sure we knew the fuck you were talking about very precise things. They'd still be here if it hadn't happened. And that includes people who did not die of the virus. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, I feel like this is breaking my brain. 
it, it is it is brain breakingly bad, right? Okay, so that brings us back to the 4,000 excess deaths not believed to be linked to the virus itself. No, Matt, it does not. If we go by your numbers, which I am suspect of, it brings us back to the 15,000 deaths that were linked to the pandemic because you were literally just talking about them. The CMA report cannot state with any certainty what happened to these people. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Uh, it deals with aggregate numbers, not individual outcomes, but it is not hard to see the general outlines. <laughs> general outlines. <laughs> you can imagine his fucking poor children coloring. Oh, you're, you're outside of the general outlines. <laughs> I just love the idea of Matt just, you know, imagining numbers flying by his head, but he can only just see the outlines of the numbers. And he's like, oh, yes, yes. The math is the math. <laughs> Yeah, not hard to see. Very complicated stuff. Or what did he say? Titillatingly uh, troubling or whatever? <laughs> no, it before that oh, one. Delightfully but... devilish. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so bad. It's, it's as bad as all of this stuff. I, I can't even go back and look. Someone will have to go back and look, see, see what that combination was. Yeah. The damned, the damned, damned. Oh, damn dirty, tricky. Yeah. Damn dirty eights. <laughs> 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 okay um uh yes so uh but it's uh, the general outlines it, not it's not hard to see general outline um thousands of medical procedures and tests were delayed or canceled because of COVID-19's arrival barriers to accessing healthcare and delays are very much a barrier are known are known contributor to worsened healthcare outcomes bracket which is a mild way of saying quote illness and death Thanks, so why don't you just say that Okay, good question. Also, now he's in the full fucking realm of theory, of hypothetical. He has no idea and has just admitted that he has no idea what these deaths are related to. Mm -hmm. He's not looking at the data of delayed surgeries. He's not looking at the data to see if there's an increase in death in, in kidney disease, to see if there's an increase in death in, in cancer because of delayed cancer surgery. Like th this is stuff that you can fucking look up. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's not magic, right? You can look up this information and he's not. And so he's just fucking guessing he's, he's witnessing these general outlines and he's telling us what he's fucking got in the middle of his brain. And so he goes on, are all the 4,000 deaths due to this <laughs> again, this, that, this, that almost <laughs> certainly not. No, it's, why bring it up? Why bring Good it news, up? everybody. I, I just invented a scenario and uh, <laughs> certainly it's uh, mostly wrong. Yeah. It turns out it's not true. So, uh, <laughs> But like, so I don't, I don't know. Like I, I had some barriers to healthcare during the pandemic. I had a, a hell of a surgery prior to it. And then I was supposed to have a bunch of follow-ups and I didn't. None of the follow-ups were important enough that if I didn't have them, I would die. And I feel like Gurney just forgets the fact that triage exists in this country as well. Like, yeah. Well, it's like yeah. Leisha Corbella's uh, leg surgery. <laughs> yeah, her that she blamed on. Yes, that was awesome. That she I blamed that on stuff. striking nurses. Yeah, well, it's it's true, right? Because and and this is this is the thing. As as much as um, we need to criticize where the healthcare system's at, the reality for any of us that have experienced uh, critical situations, the healthcare system is still excellent in emergency care. Mm -hmm. It's still excellent in emergency care. I had. Um, a, a mole that my doctor didn't like the look of, and I was in a dermatologist's office in a week. And he even had put it on low priority because it was not that bad looking. Mm -hmm. And I was still in there in a week. Okay. So it's just like, 
I, like we know that there are people that had disruptions in their care and we know that there are uh, that there are probably people that have died because of the lack of care because of the pandemic we know that are we able to say that these excess deaths are that like that is such a fucking logical leap that it would not stand any scrutiny and so it's like what is the argument because if we're saying that these excess deaths are because the healthcare system is overburdened then we need to hear that argument which i imagine we will not hear Right. It's like, what is the point of this fucking article? There's literally no fucking point to it. We're still like listening to Gurney talk to himself about fucking a report that he's only fucking a third understood. Yeah. It, it just it feels so weird that this is in TVO. Like, yes, because because yeah. typically like with this thing, I I always borrow a quote from you. I think one time Yakabuski said something really stupid. And then I'm like, I can't believe this guy gets paid to write columns. And I think he responded with like. <laughs> He doesn't get paid to write columns. He gets paid to write things in between ads. But TVO is not getting ad revenue. Like the only ad we've passed is like a donate to TVO button. So like, yeah. what is the function of this? I mean, that, throw that over to the readers because that's the, the million dollar question. It is the question because I mean, if 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 there was supposed to be massaging a fucking line, then you would think that the line would be clear. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't massaging anything other than Gurney himself. <laughs> I mean, sorry, but like he obviously strokes his knee to this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what it, that's what this column feels like. He's like this is such smart shit. And also, I owned that bank teller in my head because I'm a good guy. <laughs> heroic guy. Yeah. He's a heroic guy. Okay, well, let's keep going cuz this is in the middle of a paragraph. Um and so he says, uh almost certainly not, right? Um uh, but some of them are going to be without a doubt. Okay. Almost certainly not, but some of them are going to be without a doubt. And that cost will continue accruing for years. Again, we are talking about excess deaths from, from March to June, 18 month period. And now he's talking about deaths accruing for years. Okay. <laughs> sure. I guess, I guess I'm included in that. I'm going to die because you're, you're, fucking, you're us. Yeah. You're us <laughs> in this. <laughs> I am the dead, you know? That's really amazing. Yeah. I mean, what's it feel like? Uh, Cold not good. Bit? No. <laughs> it, feels bad. it feels bad. Yeah. I feel like Matt Gurney right now. <laughs> well, so he continues. People will die in the 2030s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. Are you trying to say that people are going to die in the 2030s? Because I don't. I can't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> believe it or That's not. That's the truest thing. That's the truest thing you said in this column. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You know, like, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. Uh, but people, yeah, yeah, people are dying every day. I mean, I mean, five people have died during this recording it's... in Canada somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and all of our collective brains have broken. <laughs> yeah, that's true. My brain has definitely died. <laughs> okay, so people will die in the 2030s. I'm just picking a random time because why not? He could have said 2025. He could have said 2027. He says 2030. Okay, fine. After long brave battles with cancers that might have easily been beaten if caught in early enough but those screenings weren't available thanks to the pandemic and so on <laughs> thanks a lot pandemic um yeah what so okay one he makes this all about cancer very interesting rhetorical thing to do right lots of mm -hmm. other illnesses in this country cancer is one of them but there are others um two maybe there were some cowardly battles uh, waged <laughs> among <laughs> That's an important point that people don't bring up enough. Uh, plenty of cowards die. 
Um, <laughs> it's like, are you talking about the troops? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> brave, long, brave battles. <laughs> there is like a level of valuing dying of certain diseases in this where he, yeah. he thinks that, you know, dying from cancer, like that soldiers die from cancer. You know, you know who dies yeah. of COVID? Losers. Idiots. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what are you doing here? Like the elderly. <laughs> and they were cowards because they didn't have brave long. The other thing that's interesting, too, is it's like the way that cancer treatment goes right now. It's and, you know, I, I, I don't have cancer, but my brother had cancer when he was 30. And so I, I watched that really closely, obviously. Um, and and it's like if you have a long battle with cancer at this moment in scientific advancement, there's a really good chance that like actually you fucking keep living. Like the the longer and braver your life is, the more possibility of scientific breakthrough to save that life. So like, Gurney, why don't we talk about mRNA uh, technology and melanoma and breast cancer? Let's talk about that. No, we can't talk about that because we gotta talk about the truth. <laughs> But anyway, I love that he finishes this paragraph with and so on. Yeah. Such an amazing, like if I would slap a student if I taught, which I do not because I would slap students <laughs> who ever used and so on in a non-literary piece of writing. Yeah. Yada, 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 right? Like, like et cetera <laughs> fucking works, et cetera. Yeah, well, in, that's like Slavoj Zizak loves to say and so on. <laughs> Oh, he must be definitely calling to him. Yeah. 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 No, Gurney's a huge Zizek head. Yeah, he, he's fucking definitely fact. shitting at the front of the toilet or whatever the fuck uh, Zizek <laughs> says about that. <laughs> oh, my God. That's all I know about him. That's all I know about him. Um, anyway, You're yeah, and so on. Much. No, no, I know. Um, and, and, and so on. As if like what he just said could be replicated over and over. People will die in the 2030s after long, brave battles with cancers, blah, 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 and so on. So he means in the 2040s. 2050s and the 2070s and the 3000s actually too um even though those children uh today uh you know those cancers were not caught early enough um and they'll die in the 3000s and climate change don't worry about it we'll still be alive it's gonna be fine guys unless fine. you needed medical treatment during the pandemic then you're fucked you're gonna die you're totally fucked you're gonna and so on i mean at least if you'd said and so it goes like <laughs> Then you got a fucking reference to fucking something like that shows depth. Like he's read Vonnegut. Okay. And, and I, I like put to wheat. Like I got it, but no. And so on. He just pulls on, he pulls on the, the, the basest translation of et cetera, as if et cetera is too highbrow for him. <laughs> well, he's a man. Olas of siglos, I mean, Olas siglos for the ages and the ages. It's a Spanish is. one. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, it's like, uh, and so it goes. And so it goes. And so will you soon, I suppose. <laughs> Big Billy Joel fan. I mean, Gurney, not me. Yeah, that, I could see. Oh, he's for sure a Billy Joel fan. Oh, yeah. And doesn't even get it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 he's not in on the joke. No, he doesn't even understand that Piano Man is not the kind of guy you want to aspire to be. <laughs> no, he just likes that, you know, it's a song about a Piano Man. There's a, there's a harmonica in it. That's not a piano. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's right. I yeah, fashioned right. myself uh, somewhat of a piano man, <laughs> is what Matt Gurney would say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure he, like, he probably tried to wear the fedora, but can't get one that fits right. <laughs> so it's just like, well, I will just, um, I'll just write and so on. 
<laughs> in my in my columns. Okay, next paragraph. Yeah. Um, and actually, I shouldn't say I, I should say this. I, I it is I mean we've kind of alluded to this, but we should say it directly. It is so fucked that this column at this point finally we're at an argument that that he is more concerned with people who are alive than people who are dead. Yeah. Right. Like that's the underpinning. This is he's more concerned with the people who are not getting access to healthcare now than the people who were literally fucking killed by the state. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's important to remember that, you know, we should be more concerned about people who could be killed by the state rather than people who were. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a re- that's a good point. Okay. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a that's a very abortion anti-abortion <laughs> approach to this stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We should be more. Yeah. Think about all the soldiers who would be born. Oh, that's right. And 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 have brave battles with cancer someday. He, I mean, he he sort of does uh, this maneuver where he brings up the 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 excess deaths statistics to make it sound like he knows what he's talking about. In that, what what what's going to follow is going to be based on like serious research. Yeah, and and that's literally all it's there for, right? Because he doesn't address the research after this he just pontificates about how well you know a lot of people are going to die from a lot of things and i mean what you can do about it well and also like really shockingly he he did not need to incriminate himself saying well these people are going to die anyway it has nothing to do with his argument unless his argument is we should have fucking killed more people (laughs) and let everyone have their their follow-ups and their and their appointments because it's the only that's the only connection to the well old people died in the pandemic there's no there's no connection to that and the problem that's facing the medical system for people that don't have covid there's there's literally no fucking connection and so how that's a connection in his brain is like very telling it's i mean we keep saying he's telling on himself but it is it's like it's like peering into someone who's a fucking asshole and you're like whoa I didn't realize it got that bad in there. It's mm. it's really fucking grim. Yeah, it's fucking. I mean, it gets more grim. Let's. I guess maybe we should keep doing this. Okay, so the evidence of this crisis is already mounting. This again, which crisis? Um, the crisis of people dying in the twenty thirties is already mounting. Okay, thousands of procedures are backlogged. Retaining healthcare staff is itself a crisis. Self-reported rates of burnout and exhaustion among staff are alarmingly high. And you, Matt, as you started off this, this uh, article reminding us. Okay, yep. cool. Anecdotally, I'm hearing more and more reports of long waits for undeniably essential <laughs> or urgent care. And some of these anecdotes would horrify you. What are they? Like, show don't tell, Matt. Like, you spent Holy shit. The, 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 the like top like three quarters of the column saying absolutely dick all like maybe you could use that space to tell us about these horrifying antidote a- anecdotes <laughs> that we need Not- a fucking horrifying antidote that's for sure yeah jeremy jeremy i think it's important to realize that these stories are super scary and <laughs> we shouldn't we shouldn't ask it's just like it's stuff. just like steamed hams you know it's like <laughs> Wow, horrifying stories. Can I hear them? No. No. <laughs> right there in your head? You write them on the page? No. Oh, fair enough. You know, like. Yep. And I like it's, how he has to remind us that they're just anecdotes. Oh, I was going to say that. And he does it twice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Right? It's like he, he literally says, I'm hearing more and more reports. Yeah, guy, that's an anecdote. We got it. You, you literally didn't even need to use the word anecdote in the way you wrote that sentence. 
the anecdotes are coming from his John K. Doppelganger. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. It's not him. It's. I mean, this. This is. This is also like. This is the point of the article, which then goes back to why the fuck is it coming up so late, and why are you making the like complete proxy arguments for what you really want to say, which is the healthcare systems in crisis. Oh, because you actually are too fucking stupid to know what the solution is, and you're also too much of an ideologue to support the actual solution. So you know, he's also. He's he's in an ideological bind here, and so he's obviously got to skate around what the fuck is going on, and that's gonna you know be obviously bad, obviously uh, thin uh, intellectually. <laughs> anyway, so we'll continue because it, again, it, it, he he follows this up with another amazing um, sentence that contains contains the word this. <laughs> <laughs> it, I like doing this it's... with you guys because like I I haven't even read this article um like in like weeks. And uh, and I and, and doing it this slowly, it really does allow me to cut into it and go, oh wow, this is deeply shitty. I was just operating on the assumption it was shitty, but it is truly yeah. there are you know spiral level shitty. Okay, now and and this is also the 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 paragraph where I think um, he he gets um, as shitty as the paragraph where he was all like like well people die, no big deal. Yeah. So what he what he writes is. This is arguably one of the greatest moral failures of the pandemic. <laughs> the, 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 sorry, people not getting appointments is the is the greatest moral failure. Not allowing COVID to circulate and murder people in their beds, not allowing COVID to circulate on plant floor, floors and murder and, and, yes. and give chronic illnesses to people, not the fact that the government could have stopped it and didn't, not mm -hmm. the fact that we've never seen rabbit tests, not the fact that they dragged their feet on any measure that was going to stop. This is the fucking greatest moral failure. Are you fucked? I mean, there's, there's no missing context with this one. No. Like he recent, like, you know, people have been using, what did he say earlier? This argument to downplay the pandemic, but I mean, they were going to die anyways. Like, come on, you you just, that's you you just, you've said it right there. This is more, this matters more. Has he used the word long-term care once in this? I mean, it's not one word, but has, has he used the phrase long-term care once in this piece? No. Everything that has prolonged it. It? What are you talking about? Everything that has prolonged it. Uh, you're going to hear the sound of a snowplow go by. Um, from political failures to individuals refusing to get vaccinated will be paid for by the suffering and death of some of us. Just kind of eh, some of you. What like does Gurney have some sort of fucking stage for cancer that he's like just not able to tell us about? Like, what is he talking about? Fuck, buddy. Everything that has prolonged it, it's the moral failure from political failures to individuals refusing to get vaccinated. No, what has prolonged it is that we have a hospital system that operates at 100% capacity all the fucking time. That is what's prolonged it. It's not the unvaccinated. It's not the political failures of the pandemic. It is the literal system that Gurney has been paid fucking way too much money for two decades to uphold. So you are first against the, uh, I'm, you know what? I shall stop there. <laughs> no, but it's, it, I, I, I once asked Gurney how much money he makes oh, yeah. um, and he, uh, he didn't take kindly to that. No. He's a, his, his it, father's it, extraordinarily wealthy. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. He like, like, I mean, I, you know, I come from a fairly well off background, but I at least like understand that there's a world outside of like my, um, my, uh, raised environment. 
early on in this podcast history, we were bullying Matt Gurney about his cottage, and he sent us lots of pictures of his waterfront property. Um, Jesus. Which um, In the grill? Yeah, yeah. And, like, he was, he was grilling a lot of salmon. It didn't look like a lot of people were there. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, all my friends are in the background. <laughs> They're all taking the picture. Ontarians and Canadians will suffer and die for years to come for want of a bed, a well-rested nurse, or a timely test. Uh? I mean, if this guy thinks that it's the beds that are the problem and not like the lab techs and, you know, COVID itself and outbreaks, it's like, what are you talking about? A well-rested nurse? Do you do you know how long nurses work at before this pandemic? Like anyway, <laughs> these deaths will happen quietly, out of sight, to later be tallied up at chronological and emotional remove. Oh, you wouldn't want that to happen. I, I'm not even sure that's a real sentence. <laughs> By number crunchers at Deloitte, these deaths will happen quietly, out of sight to later be tallied up at chronological and emotional remove by number crunchers at Deloitte. I like how he's like being like, fuck these uh, pointy headed fucking uh, accountants. They have no emotions. <laughs> these pencil pushing nerds who are going to make COVID or they're going to reduce it and trivialize it. Could you imagine if someone would do that? Yeah. I can't, I, the brave cancer fighters are fucking being trivialized by the number crunchers at Deloitte. And it actually continues by the number crunchers at Deloitte, Statistics Canada and the rest. <laughs> What, sorry, who? What, what else is there? Do you mean the Public Health Agency of Canada? Do you mean fucking, what's, what's Deloitte's biggest competition? KPMG? Like, you know, the, the spreadsheet guys, you know? Yeah, those fucking assholes. Those fucking assholes who don't give a rat's ass that the fucking troops have died and they are tallying up these deaths quietly. Fuck them. They should be making noise. Like me. I'm making noise. COVID with this hero. Column. Matt Gurney. They're, yeah. This, and actually, the, the final sentence of this paragraph is really awesome. Um, but they, again, this, that, they, they, who the member crunchers are the dead people, <laughs> but they will be real people. They will be real people in the future. When they prove my point, <laughs> the velveteen rabbit got his fur and they will become real. <laughs> they will be real people whose pain and suffering will matter. <laughs> And their deaths and struggles will break the hearts of those that love them. Not like those COVID people who were going to die anyway. Yeah. I heard they, they all had gambling problems. <laughs> Not one of them had cancer. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, that is just an amazing fucking paragraph. That's just, just like amazing. It's fucking covered in fucking balsamic vinegar it's so good i i would love to like get his insight onto why he used future tense for like <laughs> when these people will become real people and like what like, prevented them from being real people now the moment of writing this art at the moment of writing this article they uh are not yet sick because they can't get appointments and once they become sick they pass into realness yes, yes because they help me prove my shitty points <laughs> yeah oh my god um just just awesome just just so shitty um it, it's stunningly bad yeah i don't want to like get right to the end here but there's like a little rating thing at the end of the column oh. like a rate your experience on tvo org i just gave it a zero <laughs> i just gave it a zero and i said because i read a column by matt gurney that was incoherent <laughs> well 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, did you read this fucking shit? <laughs> I'm gonna I'll respond tomorrow with a five and a link to the episode. Oh, nice. I had a fun time reading this column. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he continues. We had plenty of warning before COVID-19 hit that our healthcare system was too small and had no margin for emergencies or the unexpected. We didn't act. Bitch, you were the fucking head of opinions at the <laughs> National Post. You fucking acted and you insisted that this was gonna be what happens. Right. This this literally I do. It, it sounds like he himself or someone close to him is very sick and he's like very worried about that. And as a rich guy, he's always been used to having it fucking fixed for him with money being thrown at it. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, fuck you, Matt Gurney. Like, yeah. fuck you with the full fucking force of that word. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does feel like this is a personal experience turned into a column, but he's like, he's not willing to actually say it. And so instead, yeah. he just comes off like a giant asshole. Yeah. So he says, as time passes and the dying continues largely out of sight and out of mind, it's like, what are you talking about? We'll likely continue short funding our short funding. What the fuck? Okay. We'll likely continue short funding our essential services, healthcare included, at enormous cost. Does he mean short changing? I think he means short changing or right, underfunding. Yeah, I've never heard short funding before. Like, that is such a clunky phrase. He's a word also, the hyphen in it is very questionable. I don't think you would put the hyphen no. into it because it's not um, actually modifying mm -hmm. essential services <laughs> or are. Okay. Um, I truly wish I didn't believe to be so. I, tr I truly wish I didn't believe this to be so. But I do. Okay. <laughs> Damn, maybe you should, like, use your platform to advocate for uh better funded social services yeah or just stop believing it to be true i mean fuck guy like yeah people are gonna die that's the that, that is true people will die and if you're really pissed that covid is making other people die uh, okay i mean what the fuck what the fuck we're in the we're in a pandemic yeah yeah and it's also I don't, I don't know what to say like this is another sentence that didn't need to exist because like i feel like it's a safe assumption that if you're writing it down you believe it to be true despite the fact that you've contradicted <laughs> yourself several times in this column matthew um i thought you meant what you said yeah as incoherent as it, as it as it was yeah okay it is very hard to trust that we will do much to avoid these coming deaths or to prevent future debacles yeah. right I was like, yeah. I get, maybe I've never seen that word before, but I was like, Debacles? It's, it's Debacles. He's Greek. Debacles. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So to prevent future Debacles from coming to kill us all. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, right? Like avoid these, like this, this, this use of the, of the future tense is very funny because like we are literally in a pandemic right now and there are things that can be changed right this fucking minute. And there are stats that you can refer to and you're not doing any of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Perhaps. All we, can be, all we can be sure of in Ontario as 2021 comes to a close is that we may not fund a hospital system enough so that it can save you and your fellow citizen may not get vaccinated to help end the pandemic whose prolonging may kill you. But after you're dead, someone will count your death and compare it to the historical, uh, historical trends. It ain't much, but it's something. What? I guess. <laughs> what the fuck? That was the most incoherent ending to a piece of writing I have ever read in my life. That's not, well, it's not even close. It was, it was, but that was like something I, special. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's just so fatalistic, right? It's just like, yeah, 
That's what's going to happen. Uh, you know, our public health care system is vastly underfunded. People are dying. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just the way it is. And so it goes. It's, <laughs> exactly. Right. It's like, hmm, damn, it sucks that like people can't like organize or anything or like change these things that they're just like immutable laws of nature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is really, really funny reading um a dumb rich guy discover teenage angst in his 40s because like that that second last sentence is like perhaps all that we can be sure of is we can't be sure of anything and anyways um <laughs> i wrote some crazy some shit on the inside of my space maker and um it's pretty tight you guys should check it out it, it, the other thing though too is it's like this idea that counting deaths is bad <laughs> or depressing <laughs> like um you're a journalist matt we need that data and that's really important and yes some pointy-headed pencil pusher will be counting these deaths and it will not make them any less tragic and it will not make them any less quiet it will just be what they do because as they also count births and they also count marriages and household dwellings and the number of people that speak aramaic and a lot of other fucking things because that is what statistics are, you fucking dumbass. And, and you're right. It's literally what his job is supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, oh, can you so can you believe someday I'll, I'm going to be a statistic? It's like, you are a statistic. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to wait for that. No, no. Oh, for fuck's sake. that That is the worst column we've ever read on this thing it's a truly truly masterfully bad column yeah it's 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 definitely down there and i'm glad because um you know we haven't done macaroni on the main feed before but i think this really encapsulates what he's all about and it's being a literal psychopath with a fucking like chuckle and um very neoliberal you know, yeah yeah the, like just this this affable persona he he um uh, you know puts forward just drives me insane because people yeah. fall for it yeah yeah be like oh you know i don't agree with matt gurney on everything but you know he he he's a nice guy who's operating in good faith no he's not he's yeah, a terrible he's, person he's like fucking evil grimace <laughs> it, yeah it's funny because i even brought up the whole respectability shield and it even i wasn't even aware before reading this column it even worked on me because i did not think he was this bad but it is this bad and he's irredeemable. This is absolutely atrocious and he does not deserve the job that he has. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's, it is really bad. And it, it, I, I mean, I might send this episode to the head of TVO. Um, <laughs> Cause uh, why not, you know, like to, to, to try and extract sympathy for these individuals while at the same time, basically like shrugging off the deaths of 30,000 other people. Is an is just an incredible level of incoherence, and um, and shows that his empathy is not universal. It's not systemic. It's coming from a very selfish place. You can read this in here. It's something personal to him, and it's only a big deal because it's touched him personally. And it's like, I have uh, you know zero fucking time for that, and I I'll have negative fucking ten respect for that. And you know, bringing it back to just all of the ways that his labor has upheld the absolute shittiest parts of this fucking country um including all the deaths it's just like no go fuck yourself like go go fuck yourself this is fucking fuck you man yeah yeah it's i always find it interesting to see people find a way of caring as soon as it affects them 
Um, yeah. And I, I always feel like that's like a sign of someone who has a shallow emotional understanding. And uh, I, th- I think you nailed it in saying that it's probably something personal that's affected Gurney. And he's like, oh, I care about this now. I've always cared about this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if it happened to me, it could happen to you. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're going to count your death, too, just like they counted mine. Yes. <laughs> and now I lie in Flanders Field. Oh, oh that's so fucking shitty. Um, yeah, that is a trap. So, Jeremy, have you read or uh, wrote or watched anything particularly good this week that could help the, the listener forget about Matt Gurney and his incoherence? Uh, that's a good question. I wrote a piece for The Maple on the uh, powerful oil and gas executives that are stymieing Canada's action on climate change sort of uh it's part of their uh gilded white north series that looks into like the powerful elites shaping canadian culture and society and economics and i did mine on oil and gas execs so i take a look at like six of like these powerful um oil and gas ceos and their connections to like the fraser institute and uh you know, they're tax dodging. So yeah, you should check that out in the maple. I'm also going to plug my, uh, sub stack. Cause, uh, you know, you asked <laughs> me to plug things. <laughs> um, appell orchard been writing, uh, Wednesdays, more local Calgary and provincial stuff. And then Fridays more domestic and international. So, uh, sign up for that if you haven't. Fantastic. Uh, Marino. Um, nothing specific in terms of things that I've read. I guess generally I'd like to point out the reporting at Press Progress. I've been reading a lot of that. Uh, they had a piece come out just today about uh, Stephen Litchie talking with some weird like social conservative group about flexible childcare plans that offer choice. And that's extremely troubling. And also uh, this other story they have on anti-vaccine extremists swarming the West Edmonton Mall. That was just uh, (laughs) really uh, is reporting that is sort of like on the intersection of the absurd, but also like important things that we need to be paying attention to. Uh, So I I like that kind of stuff. I I loved how I think it ended with line. Uh, Chris Sky could not be reached for comment because he's in jail. <laughs> I didn't even notice. That. I don't think I read the whole thing. That's good. Hell yeah. Um, Nora, how about you? Um, well, you know, considering this episode, if people are interested about uh, excess deaths, I would definitely suggest that they take a look for that report. It's very, very long. It's an academic paper. So, you know, be prepared for that. But the summaries are at the top and the bottom. And, you know, there's interesting graphs. Um, and so to find that, you can just search Royal Society of Canada, excess deaths and COVID, and you will totally find the report. Um, otherwise, I mean, I got to plug my book um, and uh, because fuck, like, you know, it's been really hard to get mainstream media coverage on it. Um, and so uh, if you're looking for a great holiday present for the hard to buy individual, um, my book is a great idea. <laughs> so you can buy that at independent bookstores uh, all across Canada uh, or the publisher directly which is Fernwood, which like search spin doctors, how media and politicians misdiagnosed the COVID-19 pandemic uh, published by Fernwood. Yes. Everybody needs to buy that book. Um, and yeah, if you listen to this podcast, you have to buy it. Yeah. It's like fucking legal. I, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't make the rules. <laughs> Sorry. I'll see the fucking sales list. I'll be like, wait a minute. 
<laughs> oh my god, I love that. I like threatening our listeners. Um, yeah, yeah. Why not? Right. Um, <laughs> I re- yeah. What are they going to do? Stop listening? Yeah, Seriously, they- <laughs> tell Matt Gurney about this. <laughs> yeah. No. By By the way, if you're listening and uh, you enjoyed this episode, please share it with Matt Gurney. Yes. Um, <laughs> he can ignore one of us, but he can't ignore all of us as a no. collectivity. That's right. <laughs> I read something quite good uh it is a piece in passage it's less of a piece and more of a directory it's called the independent Mm. canadian media directory and it's written by vs wells it's just a collection of uh good places to get your news it has places like aptn uh who employ good friend of the show charlotte morit jacobs i don't know if we're allowed to mention her on the show i did anyways well we just did go on our show sometime (laughs) please uh, they have a great collection of places to read stuff, to listen to stuff. The Maple is on there. The Hoser, our friends, Shannon and Kevin at The Hoser are on that. And then uh, I believe under podcasts, I don't want to tell any tales at a school, there is one podcast called Sandy and Nora Talk Politics, um, hosted by Nora Loretta. In Sandy Co-hosted. Co-hosted. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. And... <laughs> There's also uh, another podcast called The Bottleman, which I think Jeremy's going to be guesting on. And then there's a there's a little podcast called uh, Big Shiny Takes on it. Well, that nice. must be a mistake. We're shit. We're a shit posting podcast, as Nora said, not a news podcast. <laughs> I mean, we but are. We shit post the news. We're adjacent. Yeah. We're news adjacent. Yeah. yeah. And we're shit post adjacent. We we exist within our own Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Posting news content. And it, it's nice when people recognize us. Honestly, the Alberta Advantage uh, recommended us at the start of the podcast one time. And I almost... I almost had to leave the house. I was so excited. So I, I'm pathetic is what I'm trying to say. My plug is that I'm, I'm a pathetic person. But yes, thank you to VS Wells for including us in their very cool list of good people. Yeah. Um, don't go to school. Uh, listen to podcasts <laughs> and uh, read articles um, online that's, from good yeah. sources. That's all you need. Yeah, no, I, I'm not joking. I'm yeah, serious. No, like, totally. Higher education is a grift. Yes. No. I wouldn't go back. I, I'd uh, just autodidact and I could sell myself. Yeah, and don't listen to any <laughs> uh, podcast. Listen to our podcast <laughs> every day. And Sandy and Nora. Yeah, and Sandy Yeah, and yeah, of course. And of take course, back the fight. Yeah. yeah, take back the fight. My, uh, my God, my little baby podcast. In the forgotten corner. No, not that one. Gosh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... We have another take coming, but it's going to be behind our paywall because we are horrible, horrible sellouts, but we got to get to it so we don't keep Nora here till like three in the morning. So uh, until next time, uh, we love all of you. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 It's Big Shiny Takes, the only anti-free speech podcast. Big Shiny Takes, reading garbage for your brain. It's Big Shiny Takes, with Jeremy, Eric, and Marino. Big Shiny Takes, are sure to entertain, are sure to entertain.